Hello and welcome to Off the Shelf with Phil and Dave, the movie talk show where each week one of us takes a movie off our shelf, presents it to the other, and shares our thoughts with you. Thank you for listening. This week, we've got coming off of Dave's Shelf, mm-hmm. 2005's Fever Pitch, starring Jimmy Fallon, yeah. Drew Barrymore, uh-huh. and uh, directed by... Fairly Brothers. The Fairly Brothers. Yes. Yeah. I didn't notice that till the end of my second watch. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of them. They've oh, done yeah. things. Dumb and Dumber? Dumb and Dumber. Okay. And uh, There's Something About Mary. Okay. Yeah. It's like astonishing to think that they made those two movies and this one. Okay. I can see where this is going already. Thank you. Uh, for, doesn't, even, uh, <laughs> doesn't even care why I took it off the shelf <laughs> or why. I'm, I'm curious. All right. Uh, I appreciate you joining me this week, uh, like every week. Yeah. Um, I'm curious to why you have to read the script. After three seasons of our intro. Same thing every week, three years. It's actually very different every week. This has only just been the last few weeks that it's been uniform, and it's a challenge. Okay. I like riffing. One of the things when I worked for the airline, I would get on the mic and I would riff, and we'd have a script, and I really wouldn't follow it. Really? Uh, almost never. Never. No, no two announcements were ever the same, and it caused some problems along the way. I was going to say, they, you think they would be really... Uh... They tried to can the announcements in a machine... Because people like me yeah. went on a couple of riffs here and there, yeah, right. uh, having a little too much fun with the... Oh, it's great. I did it Sears as a manager. Oh, two for one in the shoes. And looking back, I feel like I didn't take advantage of that. More fun. Have much you fun, had as more I, fun. Yeah, yeah, I should have had more fun. I really enjoyed it, but... I was usually hung over, though. Event- <laughs> <laughs> two for one, shoes, come to the apartment, we'll give you a good deal. <laughs> buy them, don't buy them, I don't, I don't care. care. <laughs> Airport is not a place for joy yeah. or happiness. No, it sucks the life out yeah, of you. So you don't can. want to try to. Uh, but I did. It. I did try and elevate. It just Didn't to take. went Didn't on take. went on deaf ears. Yeah, sort of hear it. I did what I could. That's all you can do. So with this uh, podcast, which is more important than any announcement I ever certainly ever made at the airline, I absolutely uh, agree. Uh, I want to make sure I do it right. Just five takes and uh, a written script. No oh. problem. Well, okay. <laughs> well, it is. It's wonderful. Well, thank you. And it gets better every time. It's spectacular. I'm happy to hear it. Uh, David, my man, welcome. How are you doing this week? Good. And uh, why this movie and why now? Me and my wife were looking looking for 500 Days of Summer, which we, of course, just recorded. Certainly. This is before we realized we had seen it. Yes. Well, apparently she had realized she had seen it. Yeah, you never really I didn't believe it, as I said. Yeah. And she's like, oh, we saw. And so we said, well, let's watch something else. We Mm -hmm. popped on Disney. Okay. We like to go to Disney. It's one of our, sure. our go-tos. We watch Only Murders in the Building on there. Yeah. Little Mosque on the Prairie we're watching. Sure. Uh, it's got some other good programs. Certainly. Uh, on Disney. Steamboat Willie. I don't know if I just stumbled across Fever Pitch. It was right next door to 500 Days of Summer. That's exactly what happened then. Yeah. That, that it's, explains it's the mystery. It's literally right next door. <laughs> so I said, oh. You might also like. You may also like. And I realized, I mean, I own this movie. It's buried somewhere. My DVD collection never made the upgrade of Blu-ray. Hasn't really made it out to the ever since I moved. It's been in a box. Sure. Let's just say that. Nobody. Cares. Not because it's <laughs> not maybe a great movie. It's just I don't have the time. You know. Certainly. It's, it's not 4K. It's right there next to 500 Days in the streaming service. Why? <laughs> yeah. Why, why do worry I, about it? Why dig? Yep. So I thought. Let's watch this. It's baseball season. It's coming close to an end. Uh, I think there's about eight, nine games left in the regular season. Oh. So the timing for that was pretty good because this movie sort of, well, this takes place We're getting place close to season. winter, Dave, I guess. Yeah, yeah, we're getting pretty close to winter, Dave, which is just actually worse than summer, Dave, <laughs> in a lot of ways. I don't get enough vitamin D. Yeah, you know? Sweats less. Well, I'm a redhead. I need the vitamin D. Of course. So 
Anyways, uh, so let's, let's watch it. And, uh, movie came out, what, 2005? Five. Five. We just went over this. <laughs> and I think I probably saw it in 2006, 2007. Okay. And I recall generally liking it. And it's a romantic comedy category. Certainly. We joked about when we were recording 500 Days, you made a comment about Drew Barrymore as I was naming off a bunch of uh, generic... Uh, yep. Bland actresses. Uh, exactly. And, and uh, <laughs> like, oh. And uh, they're both sort of in the media lately. I don't know if you've heard. Probably not. I know you don't really... Uh, I don't get out much. No. <laughs> you don't have to get out for this. It's right available on your phone. But Jimmy was a little bit criticized for how his behavior on his talk show. Mm. Uh, not to the degree that Alan sort of got roasted for, but, okay. uh, you know, I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I love Jimmy. I don't... This hasn't really changed. I don't know. podcast now. What? He's got a podcast. Oh, does now. he? Well, who doesn't? Yeah, I mean, Strike we have Force a podcast. Strike Force Five, they call it. Okay. Five late night hosts. I think when Jimmy, especially when Jimmy and Jerry get together, I think he loves to laugh. I think he's a good-hearted guy. I don't think he meant. to. I don't know. I mean, I'm not Who's on the set, say? right? Who's to say? Maybe people are just a little bit too sensitive these days. I don't know, but maybe he's an asshole. Maybe. Yep. And Drew Barrymore scab. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I don't know the details of it, but some people want to go ahead and, and do their thing. Um, like unscripted, sure. Which I don't know. Whatever. I, I don't. Know. I don't know the details, so I don't want to see one way or another. But mm-hmm. I can see what people want to work. People want to keep busy, but it could be a money thing. I don't know. Don't get sure. involved in it. I don't get paid to do this. Of course, uh, it's unscripted, really. So we're in the clear. That's what they say. We're yeah, not this, scabs. This is, this is uh, completely unscripted. Other than the Except intro. For the intro. So we might have to cut that actually <laughs> completely because it's scripted. Yeah. Luckily, no one's ever paid us to write yeah, anything, we're not, so we're not. We'll we're never not be in, part of any sort of a guild. We're not in breach of anything. Guild. Now, I was on strike in May, or in April, actually. Yeah, I mean, that did happen. That's true. But uh, you were on. I, I, I did not. I did not scab. No, you're on strike for a hot minute. Yeah, three weeks. Three weeks. Yeah, it was yeah. wonderful. Yeah, great. So, long story short, it was beside 500 Days of Summer, so we watched it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it. It's um, here we are. Well, I know you're a baseball fan, so that, that was helps. my first thought. That helps. Huge baseball fan. When you selected this movie. Now, had you known that this movie was a remake of a... I figured it was a book. It was an English book that was made into a 1997 movie. This book was written by Nick Hornby. Who, that, that name rings a bell. He, direct, he wrote uh, High Fidelity okay. and About a Boy. And this fever pitch. He's written others, too, but those three uh, have okay. been made into movies. Sure. And in 97, they made a... Because it was originally written about a soccer team, a football team uh, in the UK, and uh, starred uh, Colin Firth. So this was a American, American remake gotcha. of it, very of, American. Of a sport that actually matters. Well, I think that's sort of the logic. <laughs> it's sort of, okay, for the US market, let's make it about oh, these Red Sox. And there it is. I don't know where your affiliations lie as a baseball fan. We've done Moneyball, obviously, in the archives. Yes. But uh, do you have a favorite team? That's a wonderful question, Phil. I was a Montreal Expos fan. Ooh, um, huge yeah. Tim Wallach guy. That damn Third strike. baseman. Speaking yeah, of strikes. Exactly. Killed and that franchise. They were going to make the playoffs that year. Yep. Never we recovered. go all the way from what I hear. <laughs> and never recovered. Yep. Uh, and ended up as the Washington Nationals. Yeah. Well, they did go all the way, I suppose. They went all the way to Washington. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, do I want to cheer for the capital of America? Not particularly. Fair. So I really lost touch with baseball for the longest time. Yeah. Still sort of enjoy playing it. Kind of knew the, the 
the players a Sosa little bit. Sosa Maguire, that was like a big thing. People rallied behind. Yeah, yeah. Barry Bonds, Barry Bonds, steroids. Roger Clemens. Clemens, of course. So I certainly stayed in tune with the news. And MLB The Show, I started playing that again uh, on the PlayStation since actually probably 14. Sure. And buy it every year. It's the only sports game I still buy every year. Yeah. Uh, I'm getting much better than I used to be. Very Though good. NHL, my friend, is looking pretty good. Yes. I skipped year, on the Madden. Every year. Uh, this is the year. My buddy You're like a Blue Jays fan. Quick, <laughs> quick, quick, quick story. Buys every sports game every year. I call him an idiot. He knows he is. And all he said about every game he's bought this year is, oh, it's smoother. Hmm. That's the word. It's, everything's just a little bit smoother. Sure. It's $90 of smoothness. Yeah. But um, yeah. He, he I, can so, buy a $15 razor and get <laughs> as smooth yeah, cover as he all wants. the smoothness. So I love playing MLB The Show. Uh, I got more into the Jays. Being my mom's a Jays fan, so uh, you know, staying in tune with that, able to watch a few games at work. Became a bit of a Detroit Tigers fan. Just a lot of history there. Yeah, and I like an underdog. My starting to regret, <laughs> regret my question. <laughs> uh, huge underdog, so so I sort of follow them as well. But more just a general, just a fan of the sport. I think it's just a great sport. I love it. I just think there's just the right amount of athletic requirements. There's a passion there, uh, in, in, like in Moneyball, the romance of baseball. Sure. There's just something about it. He speaks of this game as uh, there's a perfection to it. There's a you can't fake it. You can't. It's safe. He's extolling the virtues of, mm-hmm. of its uh, grandeur, as it were, and how it never fails. You can't. You can have a lucky day, but you can't have a lucky career. There requires a precision and this and that. Mm-hmm. Can't hit the curveball. You can't hit the curveball. That's it. But I have never found baseball to be even remotely interesting. Yeah, I know. I know we played it for a little bit, but you never got into like, hate the it. whole. I still hate it. I have okay. no interest in the sport whatsoever. It's a very strange thing, but I absolutely love baseball movies. We've talked about this before. That's Eight true. Men Out, Major yeah, League, that, Field of yeah. Dreams, uh, Moneyball, League of Their Own, League, League of Their Own. We've done in our in our also Kibes. coincidentally written by uh, Babalu Mandel and uh, Lowell Gans, uh, who oh. wrote this movie. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Turns out there are people that make the movies that we watch. And, okay. Uh, That's, I wonder where they come from. I a stork just dropped sometimes, it. Sometimes it takes two watches to find out. But, <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, I, I have no interest in the sport. I've tried to watch it. I've tried to understand it. I've I've, I've read a book upon it. Interesting. Uh, and have not found a single thing worth digging into, except, goddamn, they make good movies about it. Like this, yeah, even absolutely. Cobb, yeah. Uh, 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 the Babe, uh, John Isn't that Goodman. Is that a story about a pig? No, that's that's just Babe with Cromwell. Yeah. Okay. But uh, John Goodman played yeah, John, Babe. Uh, Babe Johnny Ruth, G. Uh, your boy Tommy Lee Jones played uh, Ty Cobb in that oh, movie. Okay. Um, so yeah, just just great baseball movies, but I've not found the sport very interesting, which is, makes it perhaps more challenging to watch this movie. Uh, which is revolving around a super fan or a group of super fans that I find so completely unbelievable mm. that it on its face becomes uh, more pathetic than it is comedic from a characterization perspective. The movie has, uh, I would say, a ton of problems. I've never seen this movie before, but was excited a little bit about baseball movie because, again, I have no interest in the sport. So this felt like, okay. And having just watched... 500 Days of Summer, 
and really enjoying and appreciating how not traditional romantic comedy that kind of was. Yeah, it was did, uh... taking elements of that genre, but really kind of playing with them and, and, and doing something I thought really unique and different with it. Uh, this was a regression back to standard, tropey, kind of lame. Formulaic. Yeah, yeah. really sure. uh, poorly structured kind of rom-com. So uh, for those reasons, I, I didn't really connect to the material. So let's get let's get to the problem. What is the problem, Phil? Is it Jimmy? This guy <laughs> is the terrible actor. He's not the best. He is, yeah. I think, completely lifeless. And Apparently. all of his tics and <laughs> lack. This is his first movie. It doesn't matter, man. Yeah, give him kind of a break is all I'm saying. Uh, you, someone put him in a movie. This is a multi-million dollar movie. You don't get a break. You get to succeed or fail. You don't. You either can hit a curveball or you can't. <laughs> all right? And this Using guy, his own words against that's him. Right. Wow. And this guy can't. Now, in Almost Famous, he's got a, a, a four and a half minute sequence. And he's fine. He's fairly unrecognizable. He does his little <laughs> shtick and you move on. He's the, he ends up coming in as their later manager. Okay. Uh, gets them the plane and so forth. So he's in that. I have no trouble with him whatsoever. But to carry a movie mm. as a romantic lead is an absolute fallacy from the beginning. I do not understand why anybody would cast him other than he's hip, coming off of SNL, and I just think he's absolutely terrible. It was his turn. I felt like sure. it was his turn to give it a go. I think he's terrible, and like I think he's terrible right away. Okay. And I think as a result, the movie which already isn't very good, I don't think, and I don't like the scripting of it. I don't think there's a lot to this movie in the end, but his performance absolutely drags it down, leaps and bounds. Uh, I don't know how I can combine leaping and bounding to dragging down, but... I don't know how you uh, <laughs> But it happened. Uh, he's <laughs> leaping down and... If anybody can do it, Jimmy can. bounding down. He... Jimmy is leaping. He is really... Now, on SNL, I found him quite charming and charismatic, character a little too often but yeah he was one of the better cast ma- uh, members I, and I think yeah I having just returned I love this recently show, from uh, Florida uh, he has a Universal Studios ride dedicated to Jimmy Fallon's uh, Tonight Show which I've guy. never really watched because I find it too jokey it's too there's too many games it's too much yes. uh, sketchy it's not, not like a, johnny or letterman it's, exactly it's yeah. just sort of like uh it's for, it's the memification of late night and the youtubeization of late night television which it's, i kind of don't mind though because i think i think he loosens up the his guests a little bit more sure like you, you, you can get tom some. cruise to slamash an egg on his face there's something yeah. humorous about that well i don't know about that uh but i have no interest in it Mm-hmm. And so these sort of kitschy games, that's just his persona, persona. And that's cool. It's its not for me to decide. He's really successful, and I don't have a problem with him, as Good. I said, in SNL. Well, some people do. But in this movie, it <laughs> turns out his crew. Yeah. Uh, but in this movie, I think he's horribly miscast. And as a result, it okay. makes for... if you we've, we've talked many, many times about if you're not really into... Uh, you don't have to like everybody. But in these movies, romantic comedies, you have to like people. You have to commit or buy into what this relationship is you want them to succeed and this guy i think is such a terrible actor performing or being a character that i don't find particularly interesting at all that i don't buy any of that relationship and because of the sort of goofiness and the silliness of the way they portray the super fans it becomes even more egregious and even more of a of a hurdle for me to get in, involved philip i respect your opinion <laughs> up until right now. And I'm, no. and I'm glad we can have a conversation where we don't always see eye to eye. 
right? That's what this is about. We're not about where you have an opinion and that's and I have to completely be on the other side of things. We can meet somewhere in the middle, I think. Certainly. Uh, he was great. No, I was kidding. Um, <laughs> I feel you yeah, a little bit. I don't think I don't think that's yeah. t- uh, that he was terrible. Okay. I could sense his his inexperience, fidgety, a uh, little bit. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of character there. Zero. How they sort of set him up as a kid. That's yep. kind of a kind of an, uh, an easy sort of here's here he is. There you go. Yeah. Boom. Hey, man, boy. You even call yeah. him that. Sure. Uh, but there's for me, I, I think he is a funny guy. There's a there's a there's a fair amount of cute moments that are not like LOL necessarily. Okay. But more nice. an LOI situation. Yeah, like calling her like the pukey. Like I call you pukey. Just yeah. And that I, is, that's I like a funny that moment. Sure. So I think for me there's enough of that in the movie. Drew, who's a very experienced actress. Been around for a very long time. I also felt that this wasn't really her best performance. No. Which I this is I, I noticed it more the second watch. I'm like, I don't think Drew's doing a this is not a great Phoning it in, I find. Yeah, a little there's, bit. There's little zero bit. personality to this character. Yeah. So overall, I wouldn't say the performances are this movie's strongest uh, asset. Yeah. And that's not great because that's important <laughs> in a Especially film. Especially in a romantic comedy. You yeah. can get away with it in a movie like some of the ones we've done recently where sort of deep some impact. of the spectacle comes in with a deep impact yeah. and a space cowboy. You're able to grab onto something else. That, that there's other that, things yeah. happening. Cromwell. You know? uh, more, whether it's dynamic action or it's a, a personal story or something, some other pieces of the movie, it's really these two. Yeah, because his friends are, are complete throwaways. They're useless and they're just so... Goofy, childish, silly. They have no character. They don't. Believe, they, I don't find anything about them believable. I think that's one thing that makes me feel, that makes Jimmy look a little bit better, is that they're so bad. I suppose if you compare the two, like okay, well, he looks that much better. Yeah, sure. In a weird sort of, of <laughs> yeah, sense, at least he's not that guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I found her friends a little more. A her one of her friends was really hot. Sure. A ten, another ten. We got back to back weeks with tens. Yeah. Her marriage might be a little bit on the rocks. But we're not sure. Questionable. Uh, a couple, couple of fun moments there, but again, not terribly impactful. But a little bit better than the dude side of things. Yeah. But you're right. These two need to carry this movie. The the scripts is never amazing, but I didn't find it ever really that bad either. I think it doesn't make a lot of mistakes. I think it, it plays it pretty safe. Yeah, I think maybe that a little bit predictable, but nothing that. They didn't, there wasn't a stupid breakup moment. Uh, like, I love there's some scenes that are just subtle and nice and still grounded in some sort of realness that made sense and relatable because they're just everyday people. Yeah. So, again, it's still not that, that, that Matthew and Kate Hudson sort of sure. thing. Uh, yeah. It's sort of, it's not 500 Days of Summer. Yeah. But it's all not a full blown romantic comedy. I can sort of relate to a lot of things like we could uh, last week. As well, to a certain degree. yeah, I think that that's 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 fair. I think it certainly leans more towards the uh, the McConaughey Hudson dynamic than than anything else we've watched. I do think that it suffers because of it. The writing, I think you're you're bang on. I think it 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 does nothing. It doesn't spread its wings very much. I found it pretty trite most of the dialogue it's a solid single it's not a home run it's not a pop fly it's sure. not a strikeout it's a it's just a single one of the things as we've talked about over all these years now as movies is i'm looking for some lines sometimes where even if the script itself doesn't do the thing 
There's that line you can gravitate pukey. to. It's there. It's pukey. Uh, <laughs> that can elevate a script to be something a little more meaningful or a little bit more relevant or a little bit more emotional or what have you that you what can. You it's got that. I'm washing your dad's balls. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Gold, Jerry. <laughs> Gold. <laughs> Having washed another man's balls, I can tell you. There's okay. nothing. Okay. From experience. <laughs> um, yeah, there's just there's nothing that elevates. There's not a moment where you go, that's a powerful moment, good or bad. Um, like a high or a low. There wasn't anything particularly funny that I thought nailed it. Like that no, sequence, that joke, that setup was hilarious. But also nothing poignant, nothing romantic, nothing that, you know, the 500 days, I didn't find that exceptionally funny. There were a couple of moments that I thought, you know, pretty funny it throughout. It was certainly less funny, but it wasn't intended to be funny. That's the thing. So the jokes were subtle and effective, but it really touched, I thought, on some really powerful moments and conversations and lines. And this offered nothing of the of the above. The jokes weren't very very funny, and the romance wasn't very predict uh, wasn't very sweet real. Nose, I didn't find it. Re I didn't find it sweet. I found the pacing to be off too. And I had to double check. I wanted to make sure this wasn't the extended cut no, or something buck like 44, that. Buck forty four, buddy. I thought it dragged at times. I thought the relationship really didn't. I thought they really uh, did a good. Um, I thought the last 20 minutes of this movie were unbearable. Yeah, I was a little bit... My second watch, I'm like, oh my God, I still have 20 minutes left. Yeah, it just drags yeah, and drags and drags and drags, particularly at the end. But I think their choices of what they were doing for each section all sort of made sense, at least on paper. Yeah, I that. suppose. I just think some of the scenes lasted too long. I didn't think I needed the things with her parents. Like, There's just whole sections of this movie that Come I just on. think aren't, aren't very... He was great. Narrow Margin. Remember him in Narrow Margin? No. He was the bad guy. Remember on the train? Oh... That was him. That was him. Oh. And I kept looking at the. I think he has an Uzi in his sweater. <laughs> I think there's an Uzi in there. I thought it was funny, the jet black hair, though. That was... That was the dog didn't recognize him? Yeah. Yeah. It's cute. It's cute. But we didn't need four scenes of those two. And there's an opportunity where the mother... I was hoping there's a moment where he talks where she talks about there's no earnestness and maybe that's just something I'm lacking as a human being. Probably. Yeah. Not lacking, but rather looking no, you don't for have in these movies. And part of why I get annoyed by them, perhaps. But where she is talking about why do you let him get away with this or whatever else, you know, there was this the, the scene with, the, frankly, Deep Impact again with Fish. The quiet comment about you have good years. When you're married as long as we have, you have good years, you have bad years. And when you know, we were on, when she died, it was a... like We, we ended had, on a good year. We ended on a good I year. quote it, buddy. That is a sweet line. That really has no reason to be as sweet as it is, but it's delivered well Look from a character that you can dig. You can't. Uh, come on. So she has an opportunity. The mother does when she says, "He was with me through menopause." Yeah. That's so sweet. I'm giving him this, but it's delivered a little bit flat, completely flat, with mm -hmm. no emotion, no poignancy, no anything gravitas. Uh, Barrymore doesn't react sweetly or kindly. There isn't a quiet moment amongst them to show that they're. A loving family it's just there as a throwaway line and i was like that line i didn't think was effective but there was an opportunity to, mm. to yeah bring some meat saying. to this character to these characters which really have no point at all in this movie because they're they play no part in the plot right he's got the drive to meet them she's saying you got to meet them but that doesn't matter you whether they parents. like them or not it doesn't make any oh difference. it matters not in the movie it does not in the context mm, it does and the dinner scene was so embarrassing that I don't understand why they would even enjoy him whatsoever. Yeah, I didn't like that one. With the with the lobster ears and that whole thing. Like so there's like so that shouldn't have mattered. And then the golf thing, it's like I took a sick day 
to play golf with your with that's your parents. A, that's a great scene, Phil. I'm a golfer. She talks during the backswing, and he's like, "You, you know, you you did talk during the backswing." I know I'm not supposed to. That's hilarious. Okay. As a golfer, sure. Okay. He's on her side for a second, but you know he did talk during the backswing. That's gold. Okay. It's a great moment. Okay. Dinner scene, I agree with. The lobster thing, the ears. So dumb. I, I get so it. Dumb. Childish, silly. It's, you're right. These things could have been delivered with more umph. It's almost like they were designed to be subtle and casual to feel more normal yes. for us as an audience. Like this is just casual. This is how we really talk. Feels like it was made for life. like a 14 year old. This movie. That's I find I like it's it. all so <laughs> childishly put together that because of that, it's the Fairly Brothers. Yeah, but they did something about problem. Mary. Like, like, I, <laughs> I find there's there's stuff in that movie and in good movie. Dumb and Dumber that actually has some weight to it and actually has some you know quiet emotionality and undercurrent to it with a little bit of darkness and a little bit of humor and this and a lot of humor. And when I saw that it was these guys making this movie, I was so disappointed, Maybe but also better. reminded that I have not really enjoyed a Farrelly Brothers movie since. There's something about Mary. Okay. I didn't particularly care for Kingpin. Didn't particularly care for Stuck on You, and yeah, me, myself, and Irene. And you know that guy won an Oscar for Green Book uh, a few years ago, which is a, just an atrocious movie. So, like for whatever reason, it's been 20 years since I've maybe even 30. When did Mary? I think came out in like '96. So okay. it's been that long. But I was like, oh, the Fairley Brothers. They've got a a, a cachet because of. Those other two movies from from so long ago, 1994 for Dumb and Dumber, I was like, ooh. And then I realized I don't know what they're doing now because this movie sucks. And I didn't find it very funny. I just didn't find the silliness of... It wasn't funny, more charming than funny. Yeah, I didn't find a it very subtle, charming. Tr- a subtle but charmness to I, his character. I just think they played it so, like you're saying, just so down the middle that there was no, there was no room for anything. It wasn't silly enough to be... Like, it wasn't funny enough to be a comedy it wasn't romantic enough to be romantic and the rom-com part of it the middle ground i found completely so flat and his characters and characters i thought were so thinly written and i get it it's a romantic comedy someone can listen and just go like dude you know let it go let it go dude but we've seen better oh sure and so when you're always better uh sometimes what are we going to talk when we when we talk we do casablanca you I know? can't wait. I, mean, I can't wait. We'll be able to say, you know, I have seen not, better. At least that's not romantic. That's not no, comedy. No, it's a different that's category. Yeah. Um, I just okay. think you can do this better. There's a better movie that's been made about this. And, and the thing that sets this one apart is the attempt to tie it into this baseball, baseball world. Yeah. And as a baseball fan, did you find it appropriate, let's say, for a baseball fan? Would you watch that and go like, I see me in this or I see friends of mine in this? That kind of lunacy, that kind of crazed... I haven't missed a game in 11 years. I mean, maybe you know, maybe not quite that, but just yeah. like I watch every game, I read the recaps, I know who's getting traded, who's not. Like, do you or have you, in your circle of friends or yourself, found that kind of passion for the game that this movie represents? Like, do you believe it? I would say yes. Okay. And the reason, if I had the time and the resources, <laughs> I would love to be that guy. I would love if I didn't have to worry about work or finances and I could lose myself in the game of baseball 100%. Okay. And I think that's probably why 
you know, one thing we always run into, you and I, in the movies, is because we obviously are same in some ways. Like, we last uh, 500 days, we both related a Certainly. lot to that movie. Yeah. As a couple of hopeless romantics, a couple of idiots. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> more hopeless than. <laughs> but there's movies like Angus, which you related to more, and yep. there's movies that I relate to more for because we just have either lived it more or we just, it's more up our alleys. Sure. I knew going into this one, I was like, I'm, I, I, I'm sure Phil didn't love this movie. Yeah. I don't think he maybe necessarily hated it. Sure. But he's probably on the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to likeness level. Yeah. And I'm thinking for me, it's just above or it's right in the middle because it's not for all these things you're saying, you're, you're, you're not necessarily wrong. Sure. Uh, I don't think um, I'm as hard on it because you just need different things or you want different things from it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And because of the baseball aspect, I'm thinking, well, it kind of helps me a little sure. bit because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing like getting the new tickets. Let's talk about a, a few of those moments. Absolutely. That you just, he gets the tickets. I smell new things. Yeah, that's true. I get a new, 4K movie or yeah. a new video game, I open it up, I, I smell it. New magazine, I smell it. He's smelling the tickets. I'm, yeah. I'm on board. Sure. Absolutely. He's he's giving away tickets to those meaningless friends. Sure, I understand that. He's out signing the, UP, uh, the UPS. It's still kind of, it's March, so it's Boston. It's still cold. Yep. So um, all the, the base, like everything's baseball. His whole apartment's baseball. That's a little extreme. I would never be that extreme. I think that's where I would differ. Yeah. The passion for the game, going to the game, having a family at the game. I love that. Those parts I love. Sure. Uh, but uh, maybe just not all the paraphernalia. So I, I, I would love to be that guy if I, if I could get away with it what's, successfully. What's strange about the paraphernalia is that that's where I actually gravitate. Oh, you love paraphernalia. When I was into something, as particularly as a kid. And everything. It was... All in, right? I was yeah, I underwear before with socks. Batman, where it's it's you know every comic book I found, every toy that Batman they released. Shampoo. Absolutely, <laughs> I was into wrestling when I was a kid. It was just like everything. I had yeah, thumb sheets. I had thumb wrestlers. I yeah, had they were fun. Seventy six LJN figures and Did a you have ring. The cage? Did you have the cage? Of course. All right. Still do at the at the old uh, oh, homestead. I get rid of it. All, all uh, but like, and so like it, if it was something I was into, it was you up on like, every shelf. You might it forgive a it a little poster. bit more. But I just mean like so that, but again, like she alludes to later, that's me at seven. But if I'm trying to design my perfect basement, there would be Pinball marquee, machines. Sure. <laughs> but there would be movie posters on every wall. Yeah. And they would be like those uh, light up ones that you'd get at a movie theater so I could switch them out. As it goes, you know, every every week or so, kind That'd of put cool, new yeah. ones in. So I can appreciate that part of it. I think even at my at the height of my fandom of movies or movie posters, in this example, I would not be doing and acting the way that he's acting. And this is just bad writing. When she calls him a man boy, and then says right after, part man, part boy, I feel like that's implied, right? Well, you don't need to write that. We don't need to say that. No. So that part kind of I rolled my eyes at. But just the idea that you can have childish things, but you don't yourself have to be childish to enjoy them. Right? If I can have all these would like, be a little bit different there. movie posters that I love, or even baseball, hockey. I had tons of Montreal Canadian stuff. If I was still a Canadians fan You're not? and I had a bunch of posters up or what have you, I don't have to be seven years old to still have those things. What this movie tries to do is make him kind of perpetually seven years old. But everybody in his friend group is still seven. It's like if you're a fan, you have to be childish and obnoxious. And you're that, Red Sox fan. I think, 
on its face is a is a real problem and it, it leaves the characters a disservice because it's just like it's silly for silly's sake right she's mature because she's got a real job and he kind of calls her out on that i actually enjoy a little bit of that these are like opposites in that in that way right sure the concept of them make uh, the idea of them the, the, this relationship working when she gets back after he's on tv yes red Sox, sex breathing yeah it's funny absolutely 100 percent. so he gets she gets back and she's like oh my god this guy's nuts yeah and then she waits oh wait a minute this could work because i need to stay busy at work this is baseball season for you yeah i love the fact that they they think this could work and sure. it could if you Crunch the numbers, do the math. Yep. Yeah, this this could work. You go do your baseball thing. Yep. I'll do my work. We hook up at the end of the night. We bang. We're up all night. Great. Yep. On the weekends, maybe not all night. Get to work in the morning, but it, it works on paper. Yeah. But he does the schmoozing with the parents, which is why that scene's in there, Philip, with the golf. Yeah, sure. Because she just starts to fall head over heels and breaks her own rule. And she's got the laptop at the at the, at the game trying to do work, trying to do both things and she can't she wants to be with him all the time so yeah. she breaks that that rule and obviously that is a bit of a problem so but i like i like the 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 different personalities of the two the two what, worlds what did you think because it felt like every concession being made in this movie is hers to him as it should be <laughs> okay then i'll edit that out <laughs> <laughs> sorry honey uh, i make all the concessions it it just feels like for someone that's successful as she is or purports to be in this movie, she immediately gives up all of it I to accommodate this whimsy. And I feel like that's not her character. And it's just there for the sake of the movie. Well, he's got a good point later. It's like, well, if this was work, it'd be okay. But because it's baseball. That's the only line I like in the movie. With, when he's talking to the kid at the dugout. Because he's trying to call her out on it. Yeah. And it's not that she doesn't respect the time. It's how I use the time. And I think... The I run into that, that problem all spend, the time at home. The fact that you and I spend two, two hours a week talking about movies that no one that no one yeah. we know listens to, yeah, uh, is indicative of something like that. Where where if I was playing softball tonight or something, you know, or whatever. My else. wife reminds me, is like you have schoolwork to do. I know you love doing this. Just just yeah. you know, <laughs> just yeah. hinting at make sure you got your priorities. Uh, yeah, for sure uh, in line. So I can respect that, and it's, it's actually a scene that I find actually pretty enjoyable and kind of funny, and an argument that's worth making, but. I feel like as he's making that uh, kind of declaration, she's the one that's sort of broken her own rules along the way or what have you. He hasn't changed at all. He goes to every game, and she just tags along. What's to change? It just feels like... He's a man boy. That's why that's what they do, right? Yeah, I suppose and girl, so. And girls fall for the man boy. I just find it difficult boy. to commit to their relationship and the problems that they end up having when I don't really buy the relationship that they're in. Okay. I can... I can, I can this is where... It all makes sense to me, and I'll, I'll 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 go to that scene right now. Now, if they had driven to Fenway Park in the uh, trunk God. of a car, <laughs> yes, <laughs> for eight minutes, I might have maybe. maybe believed it more. Yeah, sorry, you take over. Yeah, it's okay. I had to get in there. Yeah, the scene where she gets back from a little trip in Paris, and I agree with her. You don't say no you to Paris. You say yes to Paris. Hundred yes, percent. That's a great. And the point. Mariners? Who gives a shit about the Mariners? the Mariners? What I do like, actually, no, let's talk about the scene before she goes and when she comes back, because they're both pretty good together. It's supposed to be the emotional pivot point of this movie. Yes. We've gone through the honeymoon stage. Uh, they're spending a lot of time together. They're very, obviously, affectionate. They, they have a good physical chemistry, which is obviously shown in brief moments. Yeah. Uh, and then we get 
a little bit serious and she comes to the school. And I, I think he, I, I, what I like about Jimmy's character is I, I see a lot of me there okay. where as a teacher, you have fun delivering the material. Sure. It keeps the kids engaged and it helps them learn. He's trying to give the answers to the kid with the, the constant broken arms, and he just doesn't understand it. There's funny moments like that. Was Spr- that the same kid with the same neck kid. brace? Yeah, yeah, same kid. Yeah, whatever. I don't understand. Yeah, yes. Even at the we beginning of the movie, we don't even see him though. He didn't hurt his neck. That upset me. Sorry okay. to interrupt. That's okay. There's moments of comedy he has with the kids right from the moment where they meet Drew Barrymore's character. Mm. He's a fun teacher. I like that. I okay. think. I think we could. I think we're better off having more teachers like that. Sure. Uh, you know, it teaches the kids to lighten up a little bit, be cool, yeah. and still learn. More teachers like that, more less movies like this. Maybe. 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 Uh, they go through the whole honeymoon stage. She's really into him. And she, he's equally into her, but baseball is still number one. It's winter. Yeah, it's so. winter. Exactly. So and there's a little scene at the park, which I think is cute. He goes down on the knees, yeah. thinks of proposing. And she'll, uh, as long as it's not marriage, she would have said yes to anything at that point. She's happy it wasn't for marriage. Yes, but I think it's a cute little it moment. It is cute, actually. Yep. And then she meets him at the school, Paris. He blows it. And we talked last week about knowing what to say and what not to say. And I like this scene because he gets himself into a little hot water, but almost gets himself out. They're able to sort of mend the moment. I'm going to go to Paris on my own. It's okay. Everything is everything's okay. It's it's close, but it, it's okay. He understands he messed up. And then she gets back from Paris. She's late, right? Yeah, she says she's late before, before she goes to Paris. Yes. She comes back and she calls him and said, "Listen, more or less you haven't changed. You you're this guy who just loves baseball and I love you, and I was hoping that I could get some of that love you have for baseball and redirect it at me." And that's what that's the problem. We want to change, and mm-hmm. we hope that they that uh, you know adjustments will be made. So it, it all felt real and lived in. And I think that was a nice moment. I think I, her performance there was peak compared to the rest. Yeah, I think that you know, if we're watching the sort of beats of the relationship itself, like the the stuff at the beginning, I thought was kind of lame, and I thought poorly acted. It's right away exposes Jimmy to me when we're walking into the office, even like he just got that twitchy performance and the way he's bickering and so forth. Oh, yeah, I can hit the kids. It's no problem. Uh, I think it's funny. Uh, I hate it. And then the the first date, the classic uh, I've got food poisoning thing was so... Do you want to pull the plug on this thing, he says? Yeah. That's funny. I guess. <laughs> Are you fake? If you're faking it, you know? Yeah, if you just don't want to do it. Uh, he's a charming guy. I just think he's a terrible actor. And so... Yeah, so it's more so of a performance when issue. When it comes out in the movie... If this was a, a three-minute SNL sketch, I would find it charming. Because it's an hour 45 of a movie, I think it's annoying and frustrating. And this idea of she gets sick, and then for the next like six minutes, he's just going to live at this apartment and take care of the dog, He, he the sort cooking, of should have went home after the, a the, dresser. The dressing, uh, clearing a bathroom. like All of this stuff. I'm just like, this is not cute to me. This is not... Oh, it's sweet. Cute. This is predatory in some weird way. I just didn't. Yeah, really. I, didn't I did not that. find anything cute about it. I just thought this is weird. I th- I think the sort of changing her was a little bit odd. I looked. I, I thought it was kind of that was funny. Yeah. As yes. a person that's looked on the case, um, I probably would have went home. <laughs> yeah. Like he just lives there for a while. Like she gets food poisoning. Food poisoning passes fairly quickly. 
uh, you don't have to be brushing a dog's mouth. It just it's all really dumb. I didn't like anything about that. And that just triggered and same kind of thing along the way when the parents like all of those the meat cutes that we kind of get throughout this movie. So there is the moment when things get a little heavy for the first time and this I'm late thing and whatever, but it's delivered I thought flatly by her. It is her most maybe dramatic. Actually, no, that's not true. She has one scene I like. So I didn't like that part. I thought he doesn't have the weight as an as an actor to get there performance wise. So he just is doing the same squinty eyed, twitchy stuff that he did when he was being funny. He's doing the same, trying to be sincere. It's like a, it's a completely neutral performance. So there's no that's rising his character. That's the character, Phil, uh, and he nailed it. <laughs> I suppose. But the movie wants us to believe this is a pivot moment for them, and it isn't. It, to me, it falls so flat. And then coming back, the phone call at night where I finally I got the the the, mm. the the period, and because he just like quietly walks over and picks up this onesie and walks away, but he doesn't have any emotion. It's just character stands up, walks three feet to the ca- to the dresser, picks up. There is no emotion being you conveyed. You should be a director. <laughs> It's more of like it must be written. Like there is no character there, so it's just like A walks to counter, picks up, music swells because there isn't any reason to. I couldn't read the emotion on his face, so when she comes back, we're to believe that she that they've driven all the way back from the airport without ever discussing. Hey, you okay? So I didn't really believe that really that moment at all. Of, she lives like two seconds from the airport. She could have walked to him actually, but like. Nice for him to pick her up. Anyway, movies, and I accept it because one of my favorite movies has the scenes like this where it's like the same conversation cuts over four different locations, and you're like, this isn't reality, this is movie. Uh, I don't hold it against this movie, but it just, the relationship that in that moment I, I didn't find was, um, it wasn't dark enough to show the the holes in the thing, and the, the comments in the thing, got it? Well, just like... it. it <laughs> Very well Smart. articulated. Smart. Um, <laughs> I'll take it back. So it just it wasn't deep enough to show the depth of the problem between the two. The scene in which she yeah. calls him out for not changing, or I was hoping to. I think we've all been in that position. So that is actually a moment that I believe, even though I don't think it's delivered very well. The concept of that I found. Mm-hmm. Um, I could connect to that part of it. Well, there like, we yeah, go. We all want so our partners connects. in some way or another to adapt to whatever our go. world is. I now. love to travel. I want them to love to travel. You love sports. I want to love sports for you. Like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. That's very nice of you, Philip. Uh, these are <laughs> Would things you go to you a baseball do- game with me? No. Okay. Well, you're a tough customer. That's all I got to say. <laughs> so bringing it back to the Red Sox of it. Right. Yes. The, the scene he wakes up. You're sort of watching him. He's in his red sock shorts, and his whole room is dedicated to the socks and this and that. Again, I fully respect the idea of someone being an obsessive for things and toys and knickknacks and paraphernalia. So yeah, that yeah. part, as I said, and he pulled off looking tired, really good. Well, absolutely. He's probably up drinking all night. <laughs> if I know Jimmy. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> <laughs> um, so. I thought, okay, well, I can connect to this part. But there's a point later where she seems to wonder all the conflict that comes, where he kind of comes clean about, I'm a a Red Sox fan. I know. I've already seen The Room. If you've seen The Room, then you know that it's not just a Red Sox fan. There's something else going on here. I think denial. I think maybe she might be in just I guess so. It just felt like these 
movie doesn't make any sense, right? Like, like you can't come out of that conversation going like, I know you're a Red Sox fan. I've seen it, but you've got like, if every nook and cranny of your apartment is Red Sox, and you've got like the the locks of someone's hair in a right in like a a, a, a jar and stuff like that, right? Like, (laughs) you can't just be in my head if you're you you shouldn't just be like okay with it. You should have already had the conversation that says, whoa, whoa, whoa. I thought you told me you were a fan and this is something different. You get season tickets to the Sox. You're a fan. That makes sense to anybody. But the other stuff I think is the dozen roses. I'd be more worried about the dozen roses than the the paraphernalia (laughs) in the room. Pete Roses. Does she Uh, even know who Pete Rose is? Like, come on. Yeah, she wouldn't get that. I don't think. She smiled and smirked. Wow. I think I think the what the issue what makes me feel like I like this movie because it, it feels grounded and real and not like a a romantic comedy that's out of this world is I think a lot of people say yeah well I know you're a baseball fan and like, but you just you like the person so you are you blinded. see it you're blinded sure you're blinded by love Philip yeah and I think with think oh yeah yeah and I can probably you know tweak you a bit and yeah. change you a little bit. And Is it not a man's closet, right? You can kind of play yeah. around with some of that. Yeah, so I think that all completely sat well with me because I, I don't think she really sunk in, really understood. Yeah, clearly. I mean, she does say soon after that, the the scene in which they're walking just, just before the sort of open, opening day ticket proposal gag was the uh, talking about how you're a romantic, you're a lyrical soul, she says. Have you ever in your lifetime said or thought a nonsensical term like that? I've been that's been said to me many times. <laughs> it was going to be the title of this podcast yeah. uh, originally. Last last movie we, we, when we did 500 Days of Summer. Uh, remember when Autumn says, "You're fun." Yeah. This movie, you're funny. Yeah. During that walk in the park and that immediately clicked. To there, you're in the honeymoon stage now. That's it. You're funny. The fun things and are no about longer. Two good. months from now, yeah. you're not funny anymore. You're yeah. obnoxious. You're a man boy. You're annoying. You're obsessed. Yeah. But I really do honestly think that the, uh, you did not like the pacing of the movie. I, I have to disagree. I think it's everything about the last 15 to 20. It's the last yeah. 20 minutes, I think, that ruined I, okay, I can, my overall okay. opinion. All right. That makes more sense because I think up to that point, where the honeymoon stage, they're going for dinner, having fun, and then then they get into those little bit of conflicts and the big conflict. I think it's all pieced out really nicely. Yeah, I think, like I said, it's more just the culmination the, the of the denouement. story. I found very dragged out and long. Okay. Um, so we're kind of at opening day. It's about forty minutes Ooh, into the movie, yeah. and we get opening day finally There's at Fenway. Music, yeah. What are your? Uh, Have you ever been to Fenway? No, I've no, never even either. been to. Boston. My wife has. My wife has. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've never been to Boston. Me neither. Me neither. I've been to. It's been on the list for a long time. I've been to Buffalo to basically watch, Boston. Um, it's the Boston of the of New York. Oh, I think. <laughs> to watch the Patriots play against Buffalo Bills. Okay. In a football uh, atmosphere. It's basically yeah. the same. Orchard Park, I believe, at the time. Uh, yeah, but uh, different beast out there, and uh, baseball. Ba- the green monster. Yeah, and Red Sox fans, they're a different breed. They are intense, from what I understand. They love very passionate and uh, but oddly not oddly but and but respectful in a certain way where they can take a, a good play by the opposing team mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like a great the great play and as long as the Red Sox aren't losing they'll clap they'll accept it great play okay yeah I, this is what the commentary guy says in MLB the show John Singleton. <laughs> 
because they give these they deliver these real stories in the game for commentary and they talk about uh, Fenway because there's such a big history there. Uh, but yeah, sorry. Back to the opening day. Here we are. He's got his little family there. He's got the 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 divorced couple. Yep. He's got the sponge guy who's also the narrator. Yeah. Does the voiceover. What are your thoughts on the on the narration? It's just it doesn't. It's small enough where it doesn't really hurt. It springboards the movie right away. It just. It, I'd rather them do that than drag out a, some opening to to get that character. Yeah. I guess. So I yeah, think. Right. It's a bit of a cheat, but I think it. I think it's probably for the best. Sure, ultimately. Yeah. And I liked. I liked that little family group. Uh, there's some good jokes in there. Uh, you know, staple in your stomach. Eh, not so Used great. Used to be fat. Yeah. Now I'm not. I guess that's funny. <laughs> uh, so there's some good moments there. Sure. But I really, also really, I do enjoy Drew's character who doesn't know anything. Yeah. She's got these books in her hand. Can't pronounce the names. Yeah. Everyone can hear her. And the Curse of the Bambino speech comes up. Yeah. And it just, they go through it. The Buckner, you yeah. know, that's the only one I really know of is the sure. Buckner. And I think that's a fun segment uh, movie. And I find the stuff at the park generally enjoyable. Yeah. And I think it elevates the energy a little bit in the movie, especially Sweet Caroline. Yeah, that's apparently a thing that they do every game. What a what a song. And I think this song is probably in the top so many songs where you can unite everyone on earth with a song. Sure. I would nominate this. It just can bring everybody together. Fair. Somehow. Neil Diamond? Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. The great. That song. I love it. I love the song. As you know, has a very special place in my heart. Oh, I'm sure it does. Because of uh, a movie we've never talked about on a podcast before. Uh, <laughs> well, let's keep it that way. Maybe I don't know. Beautiful girls. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. It's a big uh, pivotal moment in that movie. Well, I know it's only a matter of time before um, it comes off the old proverbial shelf. But the uh, actually, it's a real shelf. It's not proverbial. It is. It is. Uh, it is interesting to me that there's these ritualistic things that happen, not just at baseball games, but football games. Someone, uh, a friend of mine, posted something about a hype video, basically, of college football. There's a stadium that. I don't know what team. No, they go crazy attention. down there. For but they do football. Enter Sandman as like a hype song. And the entire 70,000 people in the stadium or whatever are all singing, humming, stomping their feet, clapping, whatever, to Enter Sandman as the team you know, comes out to pyro and smoke. And oh, I watched yeah. this video. And as I said, I'm not a, much of a sports fan. I don't particularly not even a football fan necessarily. Bowling, maybe, but yeah. But I listen to that and just go like, that's got to be a pretty amazing moment to be in that space or to be a, on the it's field an or whatever. Yeah. And so when I think about Sweet Caroline and, and Fenway, again, I don't really want to see the game necessarily, but that seems like fun to be like part you're of. saying that unification. Yeah. It looks pretty fun, and I do like that. the The one thing I think this movie does right. I was going to ask you. Well, I was going to ask you what your general sense of all the baseball stuff was in the stadium, but go ahead. Yeah, I think that's the one thing it does right. I think okay. it's smart to do it. And you have to. I'm not suggesting that it had another choice. By shooting live at a stadium, at the games, you can see when it goes Real players. Yeah, exactly. So you're taking a piece of reality, as it were. This is all real stuff. The handheld camera to kind of offer a little veritas to it, this and that. I, I I did find that element, though not particularly like engaging necessarily, but to be... You can feel the energy come alive in those moments because mm-hmm. it feels a certain amount of real 
whereas nothing else in the movie really kind of left me feeling it was it was real. You know, I never bought into what was happening. But when you're in the the stadium, and this is obviously more uh, appropriate near the end, I'm like, oh, we're at a game. Like this is happening, kind of fly on the wall style. Mm-hmm. And I, I did think that that was handled well in this movie. Good. Phil likes something about this movie. Wonderful. And all that baseball stuff is generally correct, factually. They did come back and win, and they were down 3 nothing. They came back, and they did win the World Series. That's all facts. Yeah, I knew it was. Okay. Uh, Seems too good to be true, though, you know what I mean? And to throw that... Well, they changed the ending, the, the movie, because of it. You could not have predicted that this, this was going to be a movie about a sad Boston Red Sox fan. And they ended up winning. So their love was the reason they, they won, up, Phil. They ended up changing the entire ending of the movie to fly them out to St. Louis and keep shooting the scenes because they kept winning. But there was not the, the original screenplay and the original idea for the movie oh, had nothing did, to do with Did Phil success. do some research here? Uh, yeah, of course. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I'm glad it worked out. Happenstance. <laughs> yep. You love uh, happenstance, buddy. Yeah, it worked out that way. I, um, I think that um, the conversation with the girlfriends when they're kind of it's starting to get a little frayed, this feeling of the relationship is sort of they've had now the argument from the airport, you know, this feeling of I thought you would change or I thought you'd come around more my way. And she goes back to her girlfriends and her girlfriends are like, you know, you're just assimilating. You're trying to just sort of yeah. become what he wants. And I think, again, we talked about this, where she does all the changing in the movie. And I'm glad that they kind of called her out on it. Because, yeah, yeah. Huh? And she makes excuses. It's this, it's that. It's not as bad as it is. But she's Junior made every love. concession in the whole movie. So I was yep. glad that they at least addressed that fact and didn't just sort of allow that to kind of go because of the type of woman that she's presented to be, this tough you know, really successful business savvy, the whole group of friends. That's what makes it interesting. I don't think it makes it interesting. I just think at least it allows for some reality to seep into what is otherwise a mess of a movie. It shows that what love can do to you, you know? You're you're all tied up in stuff and you fall meet this man and all of a sudden work doesn't matter, nothing matters. I want to be with him and and I think it's uh, I think you're right. I think it's good that they do make a point of of bringing it up because but I I think it's real. It's all set in real sort of life yeah real life i suppose i i mean again i didn't really believe anything was happening in this movie so has a woman never just stopped and just changed for you and they make all the concessions phil for you uh sometimes i suppose there you go but it doesn't really last that long and it doesn't (laughs) usually be like a full abdication of their life right like you make a certain concession yeah i guess i'll go watch this i'll go watch the godfather in movie in, in the theater for you, even though I don't really care about it, not I'll seemingly quit my job, give up all my ambitions and dreams, and just she sort never of, quit her job. She fallen asleep in the in the in the, in the office. She mm-hmm. can't even hold her shoes on at some point for some reason. And the coke was spilling over. Yeah, she's yeah. a mess. And I think at some point, if you're that driven to succeed and you to get where you are, you wouldn't. You would catch yourself before. Sure. You would, you would realize that your priorities need to be. Uh, appreciated more earlier than in this movie. Okay, posits. fair That's enough. All. But I think it, this movie wants to portray or show us that men will drag you down. Oh, that <laughs> is for sure. That is <laughs> so, absolutely. 100%. That's what I mean. It's rooted in realness. Yeah, that part. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Uh, 
The next I, I would suggest is the the emotional highlight of the movie. Uh, I would say both in the highs and the lows. The Gatsby's got to be the Gatsby's. Gatsby's. Okay. I figured you would appreciate. Oh yeah. A, a party like the Gatsby's. Yeah. Um, as soon as I watched it, I was like, the yeah. Gatsby's. I wrote it. That's, that's my note. Yeah, and this is a turning point where he starts to come around. Seemingly. Seeming. Seeming. Well, that's the beauty of the movie. It's kind of a anticlimactical. Uh, and he he gives her that look across the room. You know, I love if the red socks look like that in a dress. Yeah, right. He's got that that, that nice little mustache. Little he looks Gable, good. Yeah, I figured you'd appreciate this scene. I love the aesthetic. Exactly. I knew you. I don't would. like the music that they chose at other parts. I like the jazzy parts, yeah. but then all of a sudden it's like buttons a funk and thing. bows. I heard that Fraser sings that. Um, so yeah, I think it's a great scene. I think it really sets up. The next scene. Yeah, you really get a sense of the fun. You get a yeah. sense of their it's, relationship being authentic. Yeah, it's you get a sense peaking. of what it could be, I suppose. So that's a scene where I was really kind of on board, and I like that. It's a little misdirection. That you obviously you think he's committing to not knowing anything, I guess, of the of the game. Yes. For a guy that not that much earlier had lobsters in his ears. It's progress, I suppose. Um, He's changing. He's trying to make the effort. Sure, to a certain extent. And then... A little regression. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Then there's kind of button hook at the end. Uh, Have you ever said to somebody post-coitus that this was the most important, best night of your life? We talked a lot when we did 500 Days of Summer. I sort of alluded to the fact that I said some dumb things at dumb times. Yeah. This is a Dave moment. This is a perfect example of something I would do. Sure. Not exactly, but in that sort of world. Yeah. Where and this this I believe was the birth of the fear of missing out. Oh. Which I do suffer from. Sure. I have a huge issue with I'm on my phone when I miss something. Sure. And there's nothing. And well, I know I mean, I, if you weren't on your phone, you would have not known anything about Jimmy Fallon's crew and, 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 and Drew and Drew. Uh, the weather and such. Absolutely. Uh, I know I'm aware of it, and I know it's a problem. It really amplifies the actual. Like he really did miss out here. Like they're having a hoot. Yeah. Down seven nothing. Come back, win the game. Bottom of the ninth, eight seven, I believe. Sure. And you can't believe but it. But you theoretically just had the best sex of your life. <sighs> yeah. It's a tough one. But I, I think it really serves the movie really well, and I think it sets up. Although maybe the ending drags on a little bit, but I think. When it comes to uh, how a movie goes along, I think it's all set up really nicely. Well, I mean, every romantic romantic comedy's got the moment where they break up and what have you, and they have to come back. Uh, That part makes sense. I find that this movie, that scene happens too late. The Paris scene, I thought, should have been it. Um, That's what I like about it. It it sort of hints at something, and then they get through it, and like, okay, they're okay. And then the real sort of I think it's just like bad comes. writing, but I guess you may be right. I think I like am. that that they don't commit to anything; they just sort of have these these light dalliances. Yeah. Now, I very real film have certainly been under the uh, influence of uh, alcohol, you know, sex talk, as oh, it were, and you just sort of say some things afterwards. Oh of, heavens! Of, yes. uh, this is the greatest night of my life. I've never I felt. Uh, you like told me this I was before. the one. <laughs> All of that Damn kind it. of stuff. Yeah. Um, but the turn, I thought. Again, I think he's terrible in the delivery of it. Of getting mad? or Yeah. yeah. In that scene where he sort of has Punched to be mad. Like, I just thought he just doesn't have any yeah. weight. He's not a great actor. We can he's a bad he's actor. Not the best. But I did 
enjoy this is the one scene of Drew Barrymore's that I actually thought she did something with because the rest of it I thought was pretty phoned in and kind of unnecessary and it's not even that I dislike her in general or even dislike her in romantic comedies I thought her work in Wedding Singer is excellent well, that's going to come off the shelf for, eventually. 100%. That, yeah. For that role, which Just is the essentially <laughs> the same role, right? Like it's it's the girlfriend to a man-child uh, on some level. And this is just sort of nothing. It's a it's a nothing role. But in this moment where... This is several years later, though. Where, 100%. 90s, absolutely. So it's 10 years later. Yeah, you phone it in by then. Uh, <laughs> that part was where she got to be at least an actor, it felt, uh, when she basically says, like, you just broke my heart. And she sort yeah. of goes out. He doesn't That's, bring any of that scene, but the way she delivers that line in that moment felt more real than anything mm-hmm. previously yeah, in the movie. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. The fallout of that scene, I didn't like how they handled it. I didn't like that she was sort of on a date already. Fairly it wasn't, was, what, and it I didn't really like what it did to I didn't her. like that guy. That didn't guy, like that guy. I, I, he's I got no, what a throwaway. He's got no point in the Nothing. story. He's, other than he's, like a, he's supposed to be a threat, I guess. But like they he's, don't really play that up at all. He has such that generic look. So, yeah. Completely nothing of face. Just an airhead guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just, just a good looking fella. And then how they portray Fallon. This is him in his like deepest, darkest depressions. I like that. He's playing he's playing the Buckner tape over and over again. Over and over and they treat it like it's cocaine. Yes. Like, where's the Take rest the, of where's yeah. the stash? Yeah. Where did you get this? Yeah. That's fun. I thought that was funny. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah. Other than they just take it too far and all of a sudden they're all watching him shower and, and shaving, shaving his balls. <laughs> like, what the hell does that even <laughs> or they're keeping all these characters at like twelve year old levels? That's my point. It's like this doesn't happen to adults. It does. You can though. be an adult. It does. I don't know who your friends are, but how many times have you been showering with four of your friends okay, watching you well, and shaving your balls about how bad it's been? At your most drunk and hungover. of me, I always forget. So if someone else did it for me, it's not a terrible thing. I guess. I hint, just hint, hint. It just felt so. You know, you're sad. You're depressed. You eat the ice cream. You watch the TV. You watching it's sad movies. You cry. And way. that is all believable. You got chicken wing sauce all over his face and shirt. Like all of that, I completely get. And laugh and enjoy. And then all of a sudden, everyone's watching him take a shower. And it's only after someone. The, I think it's the It's only after it. he's shaving his balls that he gets like <laughs> upset and like closes the, 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 the shower curtain. I just think at some point this would have come up, right? This is coming from, a, from guys who did Dumb and Dumber, though. I guess I just felt like I that humor was into this movie. better equipped in that moment. It's all about the balls. It's the same as washing his. Uh, I'm washing your dad's balls, which he's literally washing his yeah, golf balls. Yeah, they just have this obsession with balls. I guess it's just so silly. It's but a theme. I in think this the movie. difference is, and we'll probably we'll talk more about this when we take Dumb and Dumber and or there's something about Mary off the shelf to both. discuss because both. I think that there is. I wonder how they. We're age. talking about world building. I I say all the time about like you know create the world and live within it. I think Dumb and Dumber does that exceptionally well. That this is the world and it's all accepted. Pee-wee's Big Adventure was an amazing example of you create the world. This guy is a weirdo if you look at it from a a perspective. But the movie world is created that this is completely normal. This movie doesn't do that. It takes the real stuff, the normal stuff, and sets it up. And then also breaks its own sort of rules of reality with this stuff. And they make it unreal. And I think that that's one of my problems with this movie is that it, it doesn't adhere to its own rules when it comes to, or I shouldn't say that, it just doesn't establish the world well enough that you can pivot from the you broke my heart scene and sadness and frustration 
to four guys in a shower shaving balls. I just don't see the correlation in that. I just I think part of the problem is you've had no man shave your balls. That could be yeah, maybe I'm missing out. Yeah. Clearly. As a man who just kidding, but uh I I don't disagree, Phil, but I don't think it's it's not there enough to really take me out of it. I just really felt it was like it's just, it's absurd. It's, it's I gone like in, what's in, happening. It's gone in a blink of an eye. And that to me is the kind of stuff that this movie does. It, it kind of will occasionally get me into a scene, but it's followed up with such juvenile humor or silliness. You don't like that? That it, I lose whatever credibility it had before. Okay. Um, but I did like the sequence. Tell me about the sequence you like. Well, the scene where <laughs> where they're griping at the bar, and he realizes. There's the moment where he looks up and he says, "Like these guys are just playing, just doing their job, just doing their job. They yeah. don't give a shit." Yeah, I'm an idiot. Yeah, yeah. and I kind of like the, but I like the exactly. It it sort of happens too fast. The the, res, the, the light bulb comes on. The resolution is too easy. But right. I did like the fact that you know when Stanley Kubrick died in '99, I was very upset. You guys were I was close. Very sad that this director, this guy that I loved, staged the moon landing. Yes. Uh, had just died, and at that point, I had not seen a single Stanley Kubrick movie in the theater. Eyes Wide Shut hadn't come out yet. What the fuck are you all so upset about? You weren't even a fan. I was too young to see any of his movies. Hmm. So, the, the you know, Eyes Wide Shut came out 13 years after uh, Full Metal Jacket. So, in 86, I was seven. I couldn't go see it. Hmm. So not, not legally, sure. The idea that this guy died, and I was really upset about it, one of my friends had said, well, they wouldn't care if you died, so why do you care that he died? Oh, just like the the Red Sox don't care about him. And I didn't like that at the moment because I just thought, like, well, that's not how fandom works. That's not how, you know, that kind of stuff works. It, you care about art. You you know, you're connected to it. And when the artist dies or the whatever ends, you feel something. That's the reason why I get into it. But stripping that away, what that scene does is crystallize the feeling like that it doesn't matter in the grand scheme. That no matter what your passions are, they're more yours than they are of the thing uh, that you're passionate about. They don't care about you as much as you care about them. Even at my the job, way. someone said to me, you will be more loyal to your job than your job will be to oh, you. Oh, yeah. We both have been we in both those positions. We both experienced that, right? <laughs> Still so, am. <laughs> so, exactly. So don't... Don't care as much, though, don't as a part-timer. Feel, but Exactly. It's a little less relevant. But that yeah. you've learned the lesson, right? You're like, sure, I absolutely. used to eat and breathe oh. and sleep... This job, my sales, my team, yeah, yeah. my stuff. And now on the other side of it, it's saying corporate what's Kool-Aid. important at the end of the day yeah. isn't this. It's something else. That's kind of the last good scene of the movie to me. I like the dugout scene as well because I think it's funny he's talking to the kid. Yeah. That's a classic thing too. We just saw that with 500 Days exactly, as well. Talking right? to little Bring in the precocious 10-year-old and you get to get yeah. some exposition. And, and this just happens in a couple of brief moments, so I appreciate it more probably in this movie. For sure. And he's just chomping on his gum. <laughs> and that, is that it? So at that point, that's we're, there's nothing else. The last good point. scene of the movie I thought I enjoyed. Because after that, he's committing to sell the tickets. I didn't buy the, she finds the out. promotional thing. Like her, she's giving up her career. Like... Is she really giving up her career? They want to pretend like, I guess, it's like this huge monumental thing. I have to go. I have to go. I think her career is fine. I would hope so because it's pretty stupid to give it up. Because, again, you're giving it up for what? Right? You've you've worked your whole life for this thing, and you're going to just completely throw it away for what is it? Yeah, we really don't know what she does. She works with numbers. And I didn't really get that. That was one of my early notes. I was just like, I don't really get how this is so math-centric, this job that she has. I don't know. It's not really explained. That the kids have to be in math. That part didn't make any sense. 
but yeah, I just all the baseball stuff at the end. Him, I just felt like signing the contract, her leaving, getting to the game, buying the ticket, arguing with I think the. They want to go for some suspense. I it's guess. so. It just that to me. Those last fifteen to twenty is that stuff, and it just it drives me bonkers. It's so dragged out for no good reason whatsoever. Yeah, they could have tightened it up, shaved a few minutes off. I, I know. I I get what they were trying to do. It's not cute. Though. They don't want to make it predictable. Like they want to say make us like wonder if they are if it is going to work. Is she going to get there in time? What's going to happen? Uh, but all in all, they could have shaved off uh, a few minutes. I like the idea of it. I like how it's all written on paper, but it could have been tighter. I agree. Yeah, that's it. That so I just felt I like, like the content. I don't like the content either. I didn't like anything mm. about the last fifteen minutes of this movie. Well, except I suppose that the Red Sox win. Yeah, because you're a huge fan. I just think that there's a there's something kind of Curse amazing about a team. It's just similar to uh, Moneyball, Moneyball, yeah. or the, the the belief that after a hundred years or whatever it is that any team can succeed is the curse was lifted, and they did weave it their story into it. Can be like it worked out well. Sure, I like that. Yeah, I mean it's just coincidence. Their love is what uh, you know. Yeah, I mean it's pure coincidence. Oh, but, yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I guess that, I mean, if it's happening, you may as well take advantage of it is all yeah. like, uh, what it, else are you going to do? I think the movie does remind me anyway of it's more than just a game. But there is something to that curse. It's a selling Babe Ruth to finance musical. A, a musical. Yeah. And it's not about just not winning. It's the it's the Buckner air. It's all the stuff they explain. Yeah. yeah. Like that's, that's a lot of coincidences. That's a lot of... Now, I know you could sort of just cherry pick some stats yeah, and yeah. i mean but i don't know they're just telling me that there's more than it's than it just being a sport there's are a, you a member of the q uh, <laughs> cult there's more going on here more of the q continuum yeah i yeah. wish john delancey i think that the uh the earth is flat too from what i hear it's not flat but it's not as round as you think oh my god <laughs> we're not gonna get into this but yeah, so ultimately, at the end of the day, I thought the movie really fell... Did you like the movie? That's what I... This <laughs> I did not. I found okay. it really flat. And I think it may have been better with better actors. I think the writing wasn't that great. I think there's room for the man-child relationship stuff. I mean, that's you, we've seen a dozen romantic comedies with that premise to the most for the most part. I just think this movie didn't bring anything new to the table. And what it did bring of old, I don't think it handled very well. And I think a lot of that comes down to casting. And the writing. I just didn't find anything really unique about it. And I don't know what the IMDb score is. but 6.2. Uh, <laughs> but thought you'd never ask. <laughs> I felt like it would probably be in a 6 because uh, every movie you pick, it seems, is in that 6 That's region. right in my sweet spot. <laughs> in your wheelhouse. Uh, but overall, I just thought this movie is kind of bad. Uh, I, I didn't enjoy it. I'm I didn't find it funny. I, I feel like I let you down. Eh, it's not, it's I'm just okay with it. Course. I'm just... <laughs> Part for the Actually course. brings me pleasure. But Every uh, other week, I, I, I get let down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's definitely not going on my shelf. What are your final thoughts on the on the, on the experience here? I watched it a couple of times. I think, oddly enough, the fact that the performances weren't great, I accepted it and said, okay, well, let's treat this like it's real. Like a, like a real relationship, a real movie. These aren't actors. They're just regular people. So I sort of tricked myself Interesting. Uh, to make myself sort of enjoy it more, and it sort of worked. 
because I realized like, oh shit, I don't think this is Drew Barry's best Drew Barrymore's best performance. Okay, no. let's uh, <laughs> let's uh, adjust uh, my, my thought here. process, pivot. <laughs> and I think what allowed me to maybe make it slightly above average is the baseball. Yeah. Okay. And I'm I've never liked baseball as much as I have as I have in the last two years. Okay. I really got back into the game. I follow the. The, the standings, I'm into all the players, all the teams, playing lots of MLB The Show. I'm doing fantasy drafts, uh, all sorts of stuff. You're in it. I'm really, really enjoying the game, and I wish I had more time. I would love to play baseball again. Played it as a kid, loved it. Yeah. Uh, I probably have a bit of a soft spot for Jimmy. Uh, I liked him and loved him in SNL. I loved him doing Jerry Seinfeld impressions. I'm a big Seinfeld fan, as you know. Yes. They're good buddies. They have a sure. great time together. Comedians and cars getting coffee. Drew Barrymore is sweet probably a little bit of a free pass for her as well yeah so i think putting that all together says you know what it's okay and it's never i'm never laughing hysterically but it's just i like his sense of humor and it's there enough through the movie just to keep me interested into the film and i do think how they move along the, the relationship itself like the the ups and downs feels really real like yeah, that's okay. how a relationship goes you have that honeymoon stage you're in denial of of how obsessed this guy is with stuff and to, she, she thinks he's going to change he doesn't he sort of comes around and then they have a hiccup which i can definitely relate to you say something stupid you get angry and then you try to win her back but the bigger the heart breaks the bigger the more it takes to, to win her back. So the ending has to be big. It has to be the selling of the tickets. There's nothing else you can really do with that. Yeah. Uh, so I think it, it does. It plays its only card it can. I do agree. It could have been a little bit tighter. Shave off a few minutes uh, and leave on a, on a higher note. Mm-hmm. Thinking would have, would have been beneficial. Love Sweet Caroline. So for all those reasons, I definitely see where you're coming from. But overall, I think it's slightly above average. I have no reason not to leave it in that box I have. <laughs> DVDs. It may not be on the shelf, but it's in a box. Sure. It can rest right on that title screen right next to 500 <laughs> yes, Days absolutely. really comfortably. Yeah. <laughs> Disney will never take it away, I'm sure. No, of course not. Uh, but uh, that's it. for uh, That's my thoughts and feelings, Philip. Wonderful, David. Thank you for sharing. Thank my you pleasure. for coming. I'm sure the audience appreciates it. And speaking of the audience, this is the call to action. We are <laughs> hoping that you can uh, rate this podcast five stars. Uh, follow it on your podcatcher of choice. Certainly subscribe and, of course, uh, share it. Uh, Don't like it. Share it. Like it and we'll share like it. it. Well, Do okay. both. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but if you have to pick between the two. <laughs> it's right. <laughs> Absolutely. Share it with, uh, with everyone you know, and uh, we'd appreciate it. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.